Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, if you are just joining us for the first time, we are in week three of a series called All In. And when we talk about All In, we're talking about loving generously and that this is the key to great relationships. This series is based off of uh, 1 Corinthians 14.1 and it says this, and this is the message. Um, and it says, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does. And the reality is that... Um, Many of us struggle with our ability to love and certainly our ability to love the way that God has ordained for this. And, and we use the word love and we throw it around a lot, but when we put it up against the definition that the Bible has for love, we may find out that we're, we're coming up short. And the good news is that you don't have to give up, you don't have to stop there, that there is a way um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that you can go in, go all in when it comes to uh, loving generously. Well, uh, last week I shared with you how that uh, we went all in with a U-Haul. And uh, this week um, I was exposed to another way of going all in. And I was out at dinner with my wife. And we um, were eating at a restaurant that we had never eaten at before. And the... Everyone placed their order, and then all of a sudden, the, the food came, and the manager was the one delivering it. And so he, uh, who, who got the salad? And, and somebody raised their hand, and they, they got their salad. They asked, who had the veal parmesan? That was me. I raised my hand, and I got my veal parmesan. Uh, and then there was a couple other plates. And then I uh, said, who got the super sirloin? And this was what was placed in front of Carrie. She uh, thought she was just getting a 10-ounce steak. And, um, and, and the reason why is when you uh, look at the menu, it didn't say how big the super sirloin was. We thought this was just a special. This was a restaurant that we hadn't eaten at many times and certainly hadn't ordered this steak at before. And so uh, in the moment, I had my phone close by and I was able to capture uh, Carrie's. And if you want to see a close-up of this steak, this is 35 ounces of uh, sirloin. And I got to tell you that, uh, no, she didn't finish it there at the uh, restaurant. Um, but over the next couple of days, we were able to, and I think yesterday uh, at breakfast, uh, finished it off. That's what going all in looks like. I mean, when you go to order a steak, get a steak. And uh, whether it's 35 ounces or 42 or whatever it is that you need, uh, go all in. Well, let me talk about uh, love and uh, what we've done the last three weeks. So week number one, I, I shared with you this concept called the five love languages. And I challenged you, and I hope that if you haven't done so already, that you either download that app, Love Nudge, or you will um, go and take the uh, survey and find out what your love languages are. Also, I would encourage you, those that uh, you have near and dear to you, that you would ask them to take that same quiz and find out uh, what exactly it is that uh, the love language that they need to be uh, spoken to in and on also how they're, they're communing their love. Well, last week in week two, uh, I talked about why does love matter? And I used 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1, 2, and 3. 
and showed you how that no matter what, no matter what you accomplish, no matter where you go in life, if we don't have a foundation of love, we'll find out that it's meaningless. And so uh, many may find themselves trying to love, but when they try, they, they come up short, they come up frustrated, and they don't understand why. I'm trying, I'm trying to do this the right way. And so what I wanted to do this week was use 1 Corinthians 13 and share with you the definition from God's word of what love looks like. And so if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to uh, turn to 1 Corinthians 13. Um, I am going to be talking about verses 4 through 8. I encourage you to have that there in front of you to look at. But before I go there, I want to tell you about there's, there's three descriptors of what love looks like. And the first one is connection. Anytime that you love on somebody, you are going to build connection in that relationship. Now, if you aren't building connection, the opposite of that is abandonment. And so if you find out that you're trying to love on somebody and you're isolating them, you're probably not living out the definition of love. Well, the second characteristic is acceptance. When you love on somebody, you are... um, giving them and demonstrating acceptance in their life. When we don't do that, the opposite of that is rejection. And then the last uh, descriptor would be nurture. Love nurtures. It, it, it builds up. It, it creates a healthy environment. And when you're not nurturing in a relationship, uh, you may find out that you're, you resulted in an abusive position in that relationship. And this can come with the best of intentions. This can come between... Um, uh, spouses. This can come between uh, parents and their children. Could be between uh, siblings. Could be with your adult children. You gotta be careful uh, that you, when you are loving, that that connection, that acceptance, and that nurture is what's coming out. So let's look at what First Corinthians thirteen in verse four says. The first description of love is that love is patient. All right. Now, if, if you've been around. Any length of time, you know the last thing that you should pray for is, God, give me patience. Because if you ask God to give you patience, uh, he is amazing in that he will answer that prayer. And the reality is that God never runs out of time. You know, so when you are loving on someone, there are times where they're not going to reciprocate that. There are going to be times where it's frustrating to you because of that the very situation. And here's what I want you to know is that, Think about the way that God loved you. And was his love patient? Were there times where you might have exasperated your heavenly father, the creator of the world? And then apply that to the way that you are going to love those that are around you. Well, not only is love patient, but love is kind. Now we throw that word out there and we... Uh, think that, you know, there's a whole lot of different definitions of kind. And um, here's what I want you to understand. As you see these definitions pile up, um, one is not exclusive of the other. That, That means that, you know, just because love is kind doesn't mean that it's not patient. It's both patient and kind. Your Romans 2, 4 says it this way. It says, do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, of the kindness that God has demonstrated to us the forbearance and patience that he showed us not realizing that it was God's kindness that was intended to lead us to repentance well you may be in a relationship and you may be demonstrating love and you may be frustrated but here's what the reality is if it's true love you're going to be patient 
If it's true love, no matter what's happening, you're going to demonstrate that word of kindness. And, and it doesn't stop there. The Bible also tells us in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is humble. Now, I like to point out here that when um, it is talking about what humility looks like, it now goes into some negative terms. And I think the reason why is that if everybody, wherever you're watching this from, uh, you have a master's degree in negativity. What does that mean? That means that you are able to find the cloud within the silver lining every time. So when something bad happens, you can always pinpoint it when, um, and it's hard for us to find the good in tough situations. Well, I think that's why through the Holy Spirit, uh, Paul penned 1 Corinthians 13. And when he talked about love as humble, he gives a descriptor and he uses negative terms because we understand negative better. And the first thing is that it, love does not envy. If you find yourself in a situation where you are um, being envious, you can guarantee that that's not what love looks like. Not only that, but love does not boast. You know, it doesn't boast in itself. It doesn't boast in uh, the other person. Um, and then love is not proud. There's a couple of verses that, you know, I think of when I, when I think about how in Proverbs 14, 30, it says this, a heart at peace gives life to the body. But listen to this, envy is rottenness to the bone. And so there are relationships that you are trying to love in, and yet somehow envy has gotten it in there. And if you listen to uh, King Solomon, one of the smartest men in the world ever, he says that that envy will be as rottenness inside and, and destroy you. And then in Proverbs 13, he says this, only by pride cometh contention. And so um, it is advised for all of us to, to try to live out this love, that, that it's patient, that it's kind, that it's humble. And not only that, but love is selfless. And when we talk about love being selfless, uh, we know that it does not dishonor. If you go back uh, to the last series, Dysfunctional, uh, one of the words we talked about was honor. And what do we do when we honor? We leverage our power. We leverage our influence. We leverage our abilities on behalf of somebody who doesn't have that ability, who doesn't have that power, who doesn't have those resources. That's what love does. And when you find yourself in a relationship where you're dishonoring somebody else, uh, you can be assured that, that those actions aren't love. And then love is not self-seeking. This is hard, folks. Uh, this is a challenge for, uh, for all of us. Um, when we think about love in our, our culture as it is today, there's typically two different types. Eros, which is a sensual love, and then agape, which is a sacrificial love. Uh, agape is the love that God demonstrates to us. It's an unconditional love. And, and so we've got to be careful that if, if when we're looking and when we're trying to be loving, that we live out and we demonstrate a selfless type of love. Well, it doesn't stop there. Love is also, it says that it forgives. Now, when we talk about love forgives, um, it gives two different descriptors there. And it says, it is not easily angered. And the reason why we get angry is when our rights get violated. And so what, what love does is when you're in a relationship where love is there, like you put down your rights. You, you put down your guard. You know, you go all in in that uh, relationship. And then it says love keeps no records. You know, it's interesting that Jesus was approached by one of his disciples in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 18. And, and it said Peter came to Jesus and he asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? 
And then Peter tried to answer his own question and try to, to build himself up a little bit. And he says, should I do it seven times, Lord? And Jesus said, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. See, it keeps no records. And, and Peter learned that the hard way um, because Peter probably found himself keeping records. Again, uh, Solomon said in Proverbs 17 and verse 9, whoever would foster love covers over an offense. But whoever repeats a matter separates friends. And if that's not good enough for you, if you think, well, that's Proverbs, that was thousands of years ago. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8, it says this, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. And, you know, God's love towards us covered a multitude of sins. And when we are interacting with our family, when we're interacting with people that we come into contact with, and we are trying to live out the love of Christ, you're going to find out that there are times where you're going to come across somebody who is uh, living in a life of sin. And yet it says right here in 1 Peter 4, it says in Proverbs 17 that love covers that up. Now, I know that's hard for some of us to grip uh, it's hard for some of us to understand and, and to put into practical uh, living, but that's the way that God wants us to love. He wants us to be able to love because he's going to take care of either, either they are going to accept the, the gift of what Jesus provided on the cross or they're not going to. You know, it doesn't matter if they live an almost perfect life. If they live an entire life and they only sin one time, it's that one sin that will send somebody to hell. Well, the reality is that, you know what? We don't just sin one time. We find ourselves in this multitude of sins. And God says that love covers that up. And I would encourage you that if you are uh, trying to love somebody and you know that what they're doing is wrong, you know that what they're doing is sin, that, that you do exactly what God did and extend love to them anyways. Because Jesus died for those sins too. Well, another a definition or another descriptor of, of love is that love seeks the best. And you can tell when you go out to buy a Christmas gift for somebody that uh, you, you're buying the gift because you feel obligated. And then when you go out and buy a Christmas gift, when it, you want to do this. Why? Because you seek the best. The love comes through. And the way that the, the Bible describes it from a negative term, it says that it does not delight in evil. So if you find that um, somebody that's in your life and, and maybe something bad happens, maybe they lose their job, maybe their car breaks down, maybe they get a flat tire, uh, and you find yourself delighting in that, uh, the, the love is not in that relationship. Instead, the Bible says that love rejoices in the truth. And that's where we've got to go, folks. We've got to rejoice when they get a promotion. We've got to rejoice when good things happen to them. And when the bad things happen, we don't delight in that. Instead, we look for a way that we can uh, be of a help to them. That's what love does. Another one is love says this, that it always, and then it gives four different descriptions of what it always does. It says love always protects. You know, this is a great description of what brotherly love looks like. You know, uh, men, when, when we were talking about the dysfunctional family and it says, husbands love your wives and how that, you know, it's easy for us as husbands to protect. It's easy for us to provide. It's hard for us to love. Why? Because the love that protects, that's that brotherly love that's natural uh, to us. 
Well, another descriptor that love always does is love always trust. This is what a mother's love looks like. And, and I'm reminded of a, a situation with my mom and dad. I was uh, 17 years old and I was driving home from work one night and got rear-ended. And so uh, my mom, you know, just, I mean, she trusted and believed the best in her son. My dad, on the other hand, he was convinced. I think he was convinced up to the day he died that I was up to no good that night because I was coming home from work a different way. And so the mother's love trust, um, the dad's love uh, trust but verifies. And, and so uh, from a perspective that 1 Corinthians 13 is telling us here, love always protects, it always trusts, and then it always hopes. If you look at the definition of faith, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, there is no substance to hope. It's what is going to come and, and it's something that you, you believe in. And so um, what love does, love believes before you have the evidence. Love believes before they turn from the, the bad things that they're doing. Love believes before they align their values with our values. Why? Because love always hopes. And then the, the fourth part of this is love always per- perseveres. You know, I started off with love is patient. And when you think about love being patient, you see a very passive response to this. And the reality is that um, it's not just patient. It's not just passive. It's not just waiting for them to come back, but it perseveres. We saw this in the example of the prodigal son, how that the father was on the porch and he was looking, he was waiting. And when he saw his son afar off, he recognized him and he ran to him. You know, and so that's what our love should look like. It shouldn't just be passive. And, and when they get around to it, we are going to uh, continue to love on them. But even in the midst of their multitude of sins, that we have the ability to love them exactly like God loved us. Well, the last thing it says about love is that love never fails. Never and, and here's what's interesting is that we cannot give to others the, that love that never fails unless we receive God's love that never fails. And if you're wondering what does the, the love that God has demonstrated to us looks like, here's what it looks like. It's patient. It's kind. It's humble. God's love towards us is selfless. It forgives. It seeks the best. And it never fails. And, and it's interesting, you know, when we think about how that God's love never fails. Last week, if, if you have all the achievement and yet you don't have any love, failure. Last week, if you have all the knowledge, you can be the smartest man in the world. And if you die not knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, failure. You can invest in, in, in all of your wealth and give it to the poor and, and build, you know, all kinds of resources for those that are in need. And yet, if you don't have love, the Bible tells us we fail. You know, God's love never fails. It always will come through. And so for us, you know, we need to realize that God doesn't love us because of our sorry state. He doesn't love us because of our uh, uh, multitude of sins. And he doesn't love us because of our desperate destiny. Because if we died without him uh, paying for our sins, that we would spend an eternity in hell. You know, God's love is eternal. It's unchangeable. It's who he is. The Bible tells us God is love. And what's unique about this love that he has for us, that he demonstrated towards us, when did God demonstrate his love towards us? When we were yet sinners. 
when we were dead in our sins, when we could do nothing for him, that's when God demonstrated his love towards us. You see, it was Christ who was the one that was wounded for our transgressions. He was the one who was bruised for our iniquities. He was the one who left his throne in heaven, came down and thought it not robbery, but became just like us and lived that perfect life that we couldn't. And then he died on the cross for us. You know, I started off today with those three words of connection, acceptance, and nurture. When you look at what does love look like in your life, if you find out that the relationships that you're involved in and that you're trying to uh, love, if you're not building connection there, uh, you are probably falling short of one of these definitions of what love looks like. If you are not uh, building acceptance between you and that other person, certainly love is lacking there. And then if you find out that you're not nurturing, that you're not developing an environment where uh, that relationship can grow. Remember, love is the key to great relationships. Well, let's talk about how God loves us. So each week, I, each week I've tried to take one of the five love languages and then show how God demonstrates that to us. And today I want to do that through Jeremiah 31 and verse 3. And in Jeremiah 31 verse 3, I believe that you can see God's physical touch that he demonstrates to us. If you read the, the verse, it says, the Lord appeared to him from far away. And in some versions, it says long ago. And, and what he's referring to is uh, when the children of Israel were in the land of Egypt and how that he took them out of the land of Egypt and, and took care of them through the wilderness. And yet here's Jeremiah hundreds of years later. And when they think about um, God's love, it's, it's back in Egypt. It's back in the wilderness. And they don't remember and they don't realize what he says here. And that's this. I have loved you with an everlasting love. You see, the love that God has for the children of Israel, it wasn't momentary. It wasn't just in Egypt. It wasn't just in the wilderness. It wasn't just when they were doing what they're supposed to do. And, and newsflash, the, the same God that says that to the children of Israel, he, he pronounces these words to you and I. And that is, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I don't love you just when you come to church. I don't love you just when you teach Sunday school. I don't love you just when you read the Bible. I don't love you just when you pray. I love you with an everlasting love. And that same love that covers a multitude of sin is the same love that I pour on all people. Not only did he cover the multitude of sin, but he made a way beyond that. And therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. I don't know about you, but this is what being embraced by God looks like. You know, Jeremiah was called a weeping prophet. And here he was um, being, and, and he's talking about those that were hurt, those that were maimed, those that were, um, and, and the children of Israel, they didn't have a nation. And all they could look back to was Egypt and the wilderness and, and for many years. And, and yet what God is telling them is I love you just as much today as when I parted the sea. I love you just as much today as when, when you were in the wilderness for 40 years, your shoes never got too small. Your clothes never wore out. Food was provided every morning. The same message is true to us. And if, you can't, if you're not seeing this, this is what God hugging you looks like. 
This is what God's physical touch feels like. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, when it comes to hugging, there's a difference when you hug a toddler and when you hug a teenager, right? The way they respond. And if, if, if it's a toddler, usually, you know, you put your arms out and they just run up to you and they let you just hold them tight. And then when it's a teenager, you go to hug them and they're like, you know, squirming and getting out of there. Well, here's what I want you to know. Uh, I don't know that we're any different. There are times in our lives that we're like that toddler. And when God is hugging us, we are just hanging on and we are appreciating all that he's done. We think about that and and we, we rejoice in that. And there are times, and maybe this is you today, where God is hugging you and he's holding you and you're just squirming and you're trying to get out. You know what the best thing to do when somebody's hugging you? Hug back. Don't don't go for the awkward hug. Go all in when it comes to hugging. Go all in when it comes to hugging God. Because he has said, said these words in Jeremiah, that I've loved you with an everlasting love. And I've continued my faithfulness to you. Amen. I just want to tell you that each week we have been in our small group talking about a different love language. This week I'm going to be talking about physical touch. So if you are anywhere in southern Illinois, you want to be here uh, in our gym at 7 o'clock on Monday night. And, And I want to just pull back and help us as men understand what this love language of physical touch really means and looks like because you know sometimes we can read that and we see one thing and 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 there's different dialects and i want to talk about that and something that many times we're missing and the and the reason why we get frustrated in this and so um take a few moments now and and give god the hug back because as we are finish today's message of all in and as we think about how that uh, loving generously is the key to great relationships and i'm convinced that everybody that hears me right now wants great relationships they they can think about probably put uh at least on one hand maybe two uh the people that they want to have a great relationship with and to do this you have to go after love as if your life depended on it and the reality for all of us is if one of two things is either we, everything we do is an act of love, and an act of love we are giving, or it's a cry for love, which is typically selfish, and we're trying to pull things into us. Where do you find yourself? Are you uh, going all in, and are you able to just give love? Or do you find yourself in a situation of life where you're crying for love, and you need somebody, and you're not feeling that hug that God's given you right now? And I ask you this question. Are you willing to go all in and try to live out this definition of love? One that's patient, one that's kind, that's loving, that never fails. Three weeks. The reality is if you would just go all in and commit to this through the end of this series, your life would be transformed. Are you willing to try loving generously? If you are, you'll find out that it it will unlock great relationships with your spouse, with your children, with your siblings, with other church members, with your neighbors. But you got to take that first step. You can't hold back. And let me close with this. Are you holding back on your relationship with Jesus? Are you holding back on your relationship with God? Here in Jeremiah 31.3, it shows that he he's loves you with an everlasting love. His faithfulness is sure. 
And yet, do you find yourself with one foot out of that relationship, one foot out of the church, one foot wanting to go somewhere else? You, you don't have to finish that. If you're listening today and you have never established a relationship with Jesus Christ, I would encourage you, go to our website, tbccentralia.com slash next. And in there, you're going to find some next steps. But the first step is the most important step, and that is to get in. That is to establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. I would read through that. There, there are verses, and um, you could reach out to somebody who is in this uh, Facebook uh, message right now. You could reach out to me on uh, Messenger. You can call the church, leave your number. I would love to share with you exactly what that means to go all in. Because it culminates in Romans chapter 10, where it says that uh, with the heart we believe unto salvation. Ah, I hope that you believe that John 3.16 is true. For God so loved the world. That's you. That's me. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth will have everlasting life. That's our promise. Take God up on that. Will you join me in prayer? Do you have any father? I thank you for this definition of love. And, and, and Lord, it, I know that it's frustrating for many of us in that we try to love. We try to love uh, this definition of 1 Corinthians 13. But God, so many times we have failed to accept your love, your love that's kind, your love that's patient, your love that always trusts, always perseveres. God, your love that never fails. And I ask, God, that your Holy Spirit just would... Uh, impact everyone who's hearing my voice right now that it would you would give them the hope that they can not only be a recipient of this kind of love but they can be an active giver they can live out their christ-likeness in the way that they love each other lord bring us all back together safely um uh, this week as we get into life groups on Wednesday night as we uh, do Bible study. And then, God, as we get together as a church on Saturday for the bonfire. We love you. We praise you. And we thank you for all that you're doing in our community. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.